Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 219 of the Department of Offense. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlo. Yeah, I'm always here, it seems like. Yep. And special guest, Mike O'Hara. Hello. I thought I was supposed to come second. I'm kidding, go I'll ahead. Go around Keep the fucking the, I know, table. I know you, you do. I'm just giving you garbage. shit. I love giving you All shit. Right. And we got Patrick back again. Hey, 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 hey. And for some reason, Matt showed up. Hi. God damn it, Matt. We aren't going to like, uh, well, good thing the lilacs aren't growing right now because he won't leave to go pick lilacs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lilac season is officially over. Thank God. <laughs> that was a weird day. It was a weird All day. All right, before we get too deep here, I want to give a shout out to our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today. The Christmas season is upon us, and that means Amazon season is also there. So if you're going to do any shopping on Amazon, head over to blindedstudios.com. Click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage. Do all your shopping there, and then when you give Amazon money, they give us money. And so that really helps us out, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So do you that. any uh, Cyber Monday things in your future? Uh, probably not. I I did really well. I did not buy anything on Black I Friday. I usually always go on Amazon for Cyber Monday, and I sit there for like an hour, and I'm like, well, I guess I don't need anything. Why no, did I, I just did waste my, an hour? Uh, I did my buying on Saturday, but it was just for myself, so I mean. Well, yeah, but I mean, normally Cyber Monday is for myself anyway, but it ends up being I don't really want anything on there to begin with, yeah. but. Uh, well, yeah, I I had a laptop in my cart that I didn't buy. I well, felt really, I felt, I felt really good about myself. Yeah. Well, not you just hitting the that, sound system and stuff that, upstairs. That purchase so. button. Well, how sure are you that you didn't like? Because I'm sure you got pretty drunk between putting in your cart and like. <laughs> nah, I convinced Patrick to buy a Bonnaroo ticket this year. Ooh, we were <laughs> both kind of drunk. And, uh, <laughs> the last time I bought concert tickets at the bar at about eleven o'clock, it didn't end well for me. He forgot really. all about it. <laughs> and then they ended up buying a hotel room because they didn't go to the concert because he forgot his ticket, and then they left the hotel room after spending all that money too Oops. <laughs> and then I dropped a hundred dollar bill too somewhere. So it's just like an outgoing flow well, of money uh, with no hopefully reason hopefully Bonner will not be that just to keep dropping the money down <laughs> nobody needs this anymore <laughs> alright Carlos what have you been up to this past week uh, not a whole lot I just some homework uh, I got more homework I get done after this but also uh, I guess it was Thanksgiving right that was a uh, that was an th- event that I don't think I'm going to go through again. Yeah, you will. No, no. I, <laughs> this was the last year. It was it was pretty bad this year for my family Thanksgiving. So Yeah, and it really kind of fucks me over because uh, now he's going to be around on my Thanksgiving. I was going to say, this is your, uh, your Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's going to screw up my day by being around. You yeah. always invite us all over there for Lord of the Rings, though? Afterwards. Oh, okay. After you get the cleaning done. After I get the cleaning Except done now and the somebody can help you clean. Drank. That's not going to happen. And you know it. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on? Not really, no. no. All right. Patrick, what have you been up to since the last time you were on the show? We'll get to what Mike has been up to. In yeah, I was like, man, I wasn't ready just yet. Uh, I... Also had Thanksgiving happen at me. Uh, happened at you? Well, I mean, it happens every year. I I didn't I didn't really. <laughs> Did celebrate. you participate? No, I I was I went to the bar. I <laughs> shook hands with a few people. I I gave many thanks, but uh, 
They were thank you for the beer. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like the best kind of thanks. I don't I don't see yeah, a problem with that. That sounds like a great thing. I guess they should have gone to Emma's to get free beer from Pat. Right? <laughs> well no no no. It sounds like he was like giving the thanks for receiving the free beer. I think there probably is free beer there for you if you come down. <laughs> <laughs> Matt? Uh I've, we've been selling Pompeii like crazy, and I'm very happy about that. It's so delicious. I'm I'm, I'm bummed that it's old Pompeii. But Shut up. It's fine. Know, it no, great. it's not. Fine. You're going to give me a fuss every time. Yes, I am, because yeah. you got that keg, and you didn't put it on immediately. We couldn't get it on immediately, and you we didn't get it, it delivered until two weeks ago, so it was already <laughs> old when we got Mike it. Mike knows. <laughs> and he also knows how it is dealing with distributors. Yes. So yeah. there you go. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, we've been selling a shit to that. I'm very happy about that. And otherwise, no, nothing. Thanksgiving was kind of fun. Went to uh, a family friend's house, and they do this thing, this parade, where everybody designs a float that has to do with football or deal with drinking. Like a, like a personal parade? Yeah. It's like, like how big are the floats? Like no, Red the, Rider size? Well, or? the one that won was a, a lady walking around with a bra and with a bunch of spices on. She was the spice rack. It's pretty good, pretty good, huh? Pretty good. <laughs> and uh, the other one was uh, the Packer Mash Squad, and uh, that's because all the Packer players have gotten hurt this season. So, like, somebody was like uh, uh, Nel- uh, Jordy Nelson falling down and getting hurt. Did they, they incorporate him- mashed potatoes into the No, but floor. they gave him a jello shot, then gave him some crutches and started walking again. And then Aaron Rodgers was another one and got hurt, and they gave him a jello shot and gave him something else and, like, a cast. So, like, the mash, like, from the... Old mashed, not mashed potatoes. Like, oh, okay. So, like, the, the show, Mash. Yes, yes, yes. Now it makes sense. So I don't yeah, know what Jello has to do with that. Well, None Jell- of those characters made Jello shots. Well, they should have been giving The martinis. whole fact about Thanksgiving is getting drunk. So they were just like, here, have a Jello shot and have some booze. There you better. I don't know. I'm saying martinis would have been better. Would have fit theme. You're always on my better. other side. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we went, we did that. Then I went to my uncle's uh, Thanksgiving, and then uh, I had to work that night. Mm-hmm. And that's my life. I'm Mike, did you do anything fun for Thanksgiving? I went north of Highway Eight. It's always oh fun shit. There. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it's always an adventure going up there. So yeah, is that your family or the wife's family? That's the wife's family. My family's all in Detroit. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Civilized. I was area. in Detroit a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I got pretty drunk at the Speakeasy Bar downtown. Have you ever been there? No. No, but that's one of the new things. Like, downtown is starting to... This place looks like it's been there for a really, really, really long time. It's called, like, uh... something Speakeasy, it's called. And, uh, yeah, it looked like it hasn't been updated and locked. They have a piano on the ceiling, and the bar looks like it's from the 50s. Oh, wow. this place, where you play the piano upside down. Yes. Yeah. I showed you a yeah, video of it, and you that. said it looked cool, so settle down there. <laughs> Yeah, the entire, was the entire band played upside down too, right? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have guns for like the soda or anything. They had two liters in the back and they had ice buckets in the back. And, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I have not if you go back before. home, uh, I recommend going downtown Detroit to the speakeasy. Yeah, downtown is really starting to flourish, man. And it's it's turning around and it's cool to see. The Fillmore was really cool. Yeah, that's new. That was That's only been there in the past 10 years. Oh, okay. Yep. So that's cool, man. Uh, otherwise, came home, had to deal with the big bottle release, and... <laughs> that sounds wrong. How, How many bottles did you actually... 300, do? and we sold out in less than 24 hours. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We had one left, and I 
I purchased it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you could have that. Did uh, you end up getting one, sir? I, I did not buy any bottles. Oh, okay. um, no, I. Why not, Casey? Well, <laughs> because I, I sent in my name on the list, and Dustin was like, nope, we already filled up. Well, what the hell? We talked about it all week, too. <laughs> it was like Friday, and somebody was like, oh, but you had to pre order. And we were like, well, and like, you know, you. No, you, not, not for all of them. It was no. pre order for the members. Yeah, pre order for the members, served? but it was only 100 members, and founding members didn't get any any sort of priority or anything. No, we Just tried saying. to make it as fair as possible. <laughs> no, I mean, that is bullshit. <laughs> Casey's going to tell his mind about all of that. Casey needs a two day warning and a two day start. <laughs> but the best part is you did see the email too the night before, and he but was you were too there. drunk to do I was, it. I was too drunk to do it. He was there. I, I was there. I, I, I could have bought bottles. were available. Yeah. I just I like I really liked the beer fresh. I didn't oh, know okay. if I wanted to sit on it and how much was the bottle? Fifteen. Yeah. You should have done it. I should have. You had a I beer didn't. closet. Upstairs. He was holding a grudge. Against actually, the Dustin. beer closet's down no. here. Now. Oh, look at that! Yeah, remember oh, Carlos helped me bring noticed. it down, but forgot. Yeah, yeah. I forgot it was too. One of those things. <laughs> well, I did bring some of it today to share with everybody. Woo! Oh, so, all right. I can definitely have some more of that. That's for sure. That it's was good. yeah. It was it was really really good. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in, for in sure. a bit while we're talking about it. Um, so my Thanksgiving was the standard uh, nachos and Lord of the Rings all yeah. day. It was pretty awesome. Then I uh, then Carlos showed up after his shitty Thanksgiving. And I got him hooked on uh, Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, I pretty much watched that all day Friday. <laughs> like, Gordon and Ramsay. Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had never seen it. How have you never seen that? I thought Gordon Ramsay was a complete asshole, but he actually was helping people. Yes, he is. <laughs> He helps them in the worst way possible. No, like, <laughs> they deserve all the shit they get, and then some. Yeah. That's really the first sure. time you watch that? And there's people on there yeah. that are pretty much wow. committing crimes with, uh, against food. <laughs> <laughs> there are some bad things he corrects. There are Did you see things. his, like, uh, Twitter feed? Every now and then people post, Gordon Ramsay, what do you think? And then Gordon Ramsay writes. Oh, yeah. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty he's good. like, this is shit chicken. Don't serve that to anybody. <laughs> yeah, but that show's really really old, apparently. It's like, what, 2000 yeah. from 2008? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I remember, like, The UK one's and, better. Because you can say more vulgar things on TV, too. There. Yeah. Well, and, like, the, the UK people actually seem apologetic when, he, when they come into the kitchen. Well, the Americans are just like, no, fuck you, this is my kitchen. I'm or doing everything right. Or crying. Yeah. <laughs> But I made the best cake. <laughs> um, yeah, did a did a bottle share on Wednesday uh, at at Pitchfork and was able to try Utopias for the first time. The Is that Sam that two hundred and some dollar bottle? Yeah, it was really. He good. came down to the bar the other day and told me about that. I was like, "How? Who? What?" Yeah, it's it's a stupid beer, because uh, you can't you can't drink it like a beer because it's. Basically a brandy. Yeah, how how much percentage was that? It's like twenty eight, I think. <sighs> it's right? up there. Yeah. yeah. And it's all naturally fermented. It's not iced or anything. Right. From what I from what I understood. The other so. sad thing is why is it Sam Adams that has this? Well, because Sam Adams has the shit ton of money it takes that's to true. That's true. make something like that and tie up a fermenter for that long. Yeah. That's, that's uh, <laughs> pretty drunk after that. <laughs> you were pretty drunk before that. I was pretty drunk For being completely that. honest. Because yeah. we got back that night and you ordered a splash guard off of I Amazon. did. I did order an oil splash screen that you so like when you fry stuff under the stove. It doesn't splatter everywhere. You guys never saw one of those? I have one of those. You and I one? got it at a store. 
Well, yeah, I just ordered on Amazon. <laughs> the store wasn't open, okay, man? Yeah. And I wasn't going to drive him to the store. And the next day, I get like the email confirmation from Amazon. What did I order? <laughs> oh, a splash coat. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, it was you know good weekend. Yeah. Good weekend. All right. We should probably taste some beer, huh? Because we got a little bit to go go through. Um, but we're going to start with, uh, so a lot of people say that we need to clean up our acts and stuff. So I brought some even more Jesus down to, you know, just make everything better. <laughs> Who said right? we got to clean up our act? All of our listeners. Oh. They're, they're, really, oh, they're really fucking upset. I don't so know. So sorry. Fuck. Common <laughs> sentient. <laughs> wild. Uh, so if uh, Mike or Pat or Matt, when I start grabbing... Or grabbing a can That's and passing right it around. Patrick. Yep. And we got some sample glasses there, too. <laughs> yeah, so what, what exactly is Even More Jesus? Yeah, that's where we're going. Uh, so it is an Imperial Stout by Evil Twin. Uh, comes in at 12% ABV. So just be a little careful. Well, uh, me. Yep. Uh, a few times in the history of craft beer, it has happened that a highly praised uh, beer rises beyond mortal stardom into a higher godly league. Usually, the recipe to make such heavenly drops is really thick, thick. fudge-like body, pitch black color, amazingly overwhelming aromas of chocolate, coffee, dark fruits, yes, and musca- muscovado sugar. Obviously, only made in limited amounts, uh, and most crucial of all, it must taste rare. Must taste rare. Yep. So I we'll pass see. it down that way, Patrick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's a lot of damn. Oh, I was worried I wouldn't get any. Maybe you guys were gonna drink it all down there. All right. We might yet. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, well. So like, I picked this one up because I wasn't sure what we were tasting. I knew Mike was gonna bring a beer. Then Mike brings two beers. Then you show up with beer. This became a whole thing. Mine's a dessert IPA. I think this is a dessert, dessert beer. <laughs> <laughs> we got a sweet tooth tonight. Yep. We got candy, candy, candy. But yeah, no, I saw the name and I was like, I can't pass this up. It's true. There's like, We've had, we don't have any Jesus, a, but now we have even more. And it's been a hit or a miss with uh, Evil Twin for us, I think, in the past. Yeah. Because I had that Falco IPA or something that we had That's before, right. and that was a... Well, so we've done we've done almost 300 beers on the show. And I can't remember half of them. <laughs> and, and I think the other, the evil twin we did was on our old Bruzik thing that we did, which we could oh, bring back right. sometime. We should do Bruzik again. I want to, like, compile those into one, like, big document. I mean, we did four, I think, or something uh, like No, that. we did, like, six. Really? Yeah. I'm impressed if we did six. I am, too. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. Very proud of us. There's a few of those ones that were like, whoa, we're drunk. Well, you know, you sit down and you start sampling six beers, six beers and then when they and end then up. you're then you have to figure out the song <laughs> that goes with each one. <laughs> it was a good idea, though. It was a great idea. All right, all right. About this beer, yeah. Eh? So we're gonna start with Carlos over there. I'm actually not really getting anything the aroma because it like it mentions how like there's going to be overwhelming aromas and. Got it. I just get a like, tinny aroma from yeah, my glass. It's, I'm getting almost. I get a little bit of uh, booze, like just hot alcohol. Flavor-wise, like I'm getting some of the uh, kind of like dark chocolate and like and coffee in there, but that's about. I don't know. Nothing really is jumping out at me. The description has. Left it is. Me it's easy more. drinking. Like yeah, easy drinking for twelve percent. Like. 
That is true. I was expecting more of a boozy flavor to it, but... Mike? I almost get like a... I get a lot of booze on the nose, but I almost get like a dark fruit character on the nose. But it's really slight, and when it, I agree, it like leaves you wanting more. I want more aroma. Mm-hmm. That's what Especially I'm for, how, for how deep this beer is. Right. It, I mean, the flavor is super complex. Like, it's got a lot of layers to it, but there's that aroma, man. I even try to stretch the beer out, and it's just like, I just get <laughs> booze. Yeah, you it's know? super boozy on the nose. Yeah. Pat? I want to make a speaking in tongues joke, but it's hard to do it. Uh, <laughs> just grab your babble stone and you'll be fine now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, You're just it, talking in cursive, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, it uh, tastes like beer mostly, and uh, I don't know. I, I started sticking away from stouts because... Uh, they're hefty beers, and this is uh, an exam prime example. It's hefty. The the comments about it being very boozy are not off the mark at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, there is alcohol in this beer. Yeah, yeah it's a surprise to me as well. But uh, there it is. All right, Matt. Uh, I don't know if I taste Jesus, but uh, it's something. Well, I've never tasted Jesus, so I wouldn't know. Well, I've, I assume it says even Is more Jesus. Is that like Jesus. a wafer cracker? Yeah. This, this may be what Jesus yeah, it's wow. a, it could be. <laughs> But this is even more Jesus, so I want to know what original Jesus tastes like. There's Cocoa Jesus. There's Cognac Jesus. <laughs> There's, there's quite a few different Jesuses. What yeah. they, sometimes which Jesus is the real Jesus is the question. Yeah, well, and you know, when they shove Jesus in a barrel. It's true. It's true. You never know what you'll get. Have they gotten uh, to Muhammad yet? I, I taste a little, like, dark chocolate in there, but I don't know. Otherwise, it's pretty boozy. Yeah, like, I'm... I'm surprised how easy... At 12%, though, it is pretty yeah. easy drinking. Like, yeah, it's I get, really smooth. I get fudge. Like in, yeah, the, sure. in, in the flavor, and that's that's about it. Fudge and booze. There's a little bit of dark fruit, but man, it, it's even more Jesus. Well, the description, <laughs> like you get this awesome description, and then the reality's a letdown. <sighs> it's a bummer. <laughs> I wonder where that comes from. I'll be the first to say I'm definitely not refined enough to write a beer description, so a lot of that's going to be lost on me anyway. But does it taste rare, though? Because I mean, it's just yes, that's after, rare. after this many episodes, I'm still just the guy over here. Yeah, it's pretty good. You're getting better, Matt. <laughs> You're getting better. Uh, does it have a candidate on there, Mike? It's batch number 14. That's what I was looking for, maybe to see if it was like old or something. Well, old would be better, you would think, wow. in a beer like this. Yeah. Said the guy who complained about an old beer not five minutes ago. No, it's it's hard. To, it's hard. It's no, hard. You, you do complain about old beers because if they're old, they're not good unless they're big beers. Okay. There's Unless a lot a big of hops beer. too. The hops drop yep. out, and you want to. Yeah, if, if you have an IPA, fresh. you you want that fresh. I know, like ridiculously. Are, the fresh. silly part about the the Toplin Goliath Lee beverage, though, they like ship it to Green Bay, and then they ship to Milwaukee, then they ship it to the cities, and then they ship it to us. That is, and that's why Casanova hasn't gotten weak of type beer too often anymore. Well, they only get it when uh, when it's dropped off there. Weak Lee of. Beverage is the the new top one guy. Uh, people around. What about well, they got to get on Clark's ass then and have him do a drive up and still tastes delicious though. 
Yeah, I'm sure it tastes fine. Age doesn't fix everything, too, because like there's that beer that we had uh, last week at the uh, bottle. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, on Wednesday, we opened a bottle of rum barrel-aged uh, Euphoria from uh, Three Sheeps. It was a 2015 bottle, and I was really excited to, to dive into it. I was like, yes, finally, this is going to be great. Open it up, and it tasted like tart cherries. <laughs> it was not supposed <laughs> to taste like tart cherries. We had an issue. So that one got dumped. Actually, we slapped a sour label on it, I think is what we did. <laughs> we took the sour label off a different beer. Just <laughs> on top. Should we go yeah. with this one next? Uh, sure. No. All, right. All right. So what do we, we got? Oh, yeah, we got to rate this one. Yeah. Oh, yep. But yeah, so, you get ready for that. Honestly, it just like what, it was maybe like the description of like it's just an Imperial Stout. So just being an Imperial Stout, I'm just going to say it's a 6.5. Like it doesn't really live up to its description, though, of like being amazing. So... Rinse out my beer Just a 6.5. I don't know your rating system. Is oh. it 1 out of 10? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, personal preference one. Personal preference. Yeah, personal uh, yeah, preference. Yeah, don't, we don't look at style or anything like that. Just Personal preference, I, I think it's a great base beer for a Russian Imperial Stout. Like, I'd like to see him do a lot more stuff with this. Like, I'd like to try that Coco Jesus or the Cognac Jesus. Yeah, I mean, when they've done something. Right, like, this leaves a nice bridge to a lot of things. You could throw coconut on it to get some aroma, aroma going, and I don't know. But my personal opinion, I would say it's more like a, right around your, it's about a seven. Good base beer. I was definitely going to say seven. Uh, it's good. Strong. Sometimes when you're drinking beer, you just want a strong one. So <laughs> it occupies that role. Uh, it is an easy drink for sure. Yeah, that's definitely so. true. I'm going for six. And that's what I got to say about that. Our live stream went down. Oh, no. Your computer's off. Well, no shit. So it was never on to begin with? Uh, no, it was on to begin oh, okay. with. okay. <laughs> <laughs> just realized that it that it went down. When it was supposed to decide it was time for updates or something. Yep. That's okay. We'll not worry about that. Must be milkshake? Milkshake IPA. <laughs> so the problem with uh, Oliphant is I can never find yeah, beer descriptions They do for too them. many beers. They, yeah, like, no, they, they also don't do descriptions. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the other Josh thing. Says, he's like, we don't do them, and if there is one, it's going to be so crazy off the wall it has nothing to do with beer. Yeah. So, if basically, we just got back from Oliphant, me, Bailey, and uh, Patrick, and uh, this is a milkshake IPA, and what's the name on the sheet there? Good luck. I'm a Crydy Pooster. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> I'm it. I'm a Crydy Pooster. I... I, I what I like, like, uh, there's they had their pale ale. It was like a coffee pale ale that we had for the tap takeover, and that sold out instantly. I for That's some reason thing. the sweet things with an IPA has worked out, and I did we finish the ratings? Did you give a rating, Matt? No, Matt didn't. Yeah, I did. I gave a six. Yeah, you gave a, a six. six. Okay. Oh, and then your computer. Then did my that computer. Thing. What did you give yeah. the last one? Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Like okay. it's a good base, but they need to do something to to bring it up. Yeah, it just doesn't justify that description at all. No, no. I need something else. This is gonna be a nice change. From I figured, yeah, going from the sweet to sweet again, kind right, of hang a on thing. There. So we got uh, milkshake IPA with lactose and vanilla coming in at five point five percent, and that is literally all the description that we have. Yep, it's like going from a liquor to a liqueur. 
kind of. Well, yeah, when you think here. of like these sweet things, you always think of it going with a porter or a stout. But for some reason, I think they can do it pretty well going with an IPA. And I was quite impressed. There is a lot of lactose in there. Yeah, yeah. there is. And a lot of vanilla. I can see where they get that name, though, because it's like kind of if uh, the aftertaste after you, it's kind of like a vanilla shake going down. <coughs> yeah, the milkshake. Yep. Yeah. How'd you get that from I'm a crazy No, he was eating. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, think I he was heard gonna, that. I was like, wait, the name? <laughs> no, not the name. The, but the a milkshake IPA. Yeah. I like out of the taste. Yeah, the milkshake IPA. Yeah, this is a style that's starting to come out into the Northeast, and like Tired Hands is one of them that's doing it. And it's honestly, it's supposed to be a little bit hazier than this, but the addition of lactose and vanilla is what's supposed to create this milkshake. Mm. So some of them, like what Tired Hands does is comes out with like an orange milkshake and it tastes like those old creamsicles. Oh, with the like, you know, and a hop on the background. Right, right. That's and interesting. blueberry milkshakes, like yeah. all sorts of stuff. So, but it's all about that addition of lactose and vanilla that is supposed to create, like you said, a milkshake style feel. Interesting. Yeah. I had no clue it was a style. I just saw it on the menu. I'm like, that's kind of fun. Technically, it's not a style yet, like yeah. these Northeast IPAs, but this is like a kind of a branch off of the Northeast yeah. hazy IPAs. They threw lactose and vanilla in and called it milkshake. Okay. So a pooster is, are, uh, a, pooster is a poor white trash loser bum that digs in garbage. Oh. That okay. beats what I thought it was. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it looks like it's a lyrics to a song. Hmm. Hang on. Probably. Uh, wiki quote uh, attributes it to Pootie Tang. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Pootie Tang. What a Tang. What a Tang. All right, who are we on description one? Uh, Carlos, we haven't even really started oh, yeah. yet. Oh, no, yeah, it was basically just like you got that milkshake a little bit in the back end. And I don't know, like it's... Besides that, not a whole lot else is like. Don't remember out them explaining the the uh, hops they used either on the thing. It just said milkshake IPA, basically. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really describe like uh, what I what flavor I'm getting on like my tongue right, right when I first drink it. Like really, the main thing I'm it's, just it's like is, sweet right at the beginning. Yeah, it's there, pretty but, sweet. It's pretty sweet to it. Mike, I like it. Um... Most of the I, the milkshakes that I've tried though contain like a puree to still give you more of that like milkshake mouthfeel. Like you I don't know, know if you I get want a, a thick feel to my. Well, this is <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well, really thin for that milkshake. Feel, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And well, like uh, Junkyard does one called Shakeomatic, and it's supposed to kind of give you that nostalgic feeling of when you have a milkshake too and you get that chunk of fruit come through the straw Ooh. you know so you get these little bits of puree that are in the beer too and that's so weird i don't know i'd, I'd like Who to have seen them do something like that but some I drunk ass it. brewer <laughs> <laughs> i've had that in like a saison before where you get some fruit in there that was yep. cool same type of deal. Yeah. Was this the beer that they told us that they had to filter out like three times because it kept clogging? Yeah. yeah. They had so much hops in this that it kept clogging the the, the, the actual pourer or whatever. So the, the tap? Yeah, the tapper. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the pourer. The pourer. <laughs> the place the beer comes out, man. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. magical teat. <laughs> exactly. I don't ask a lot of questions of my bartender. It's just like... This is what I need right now. If I now. see it, is I know what it's okay? called. <laughs> I get a lot of vanilla as it warms up. I'm, everything's there that's supposed to be there. I would yeah, like well, to... yeah, the vanilla is almost overwhelming. Yeah. There's so much of it there. 
Yep. Yeah, what I found when I drank the pint there or whatever was kind of like, as I got further down, all I tasted was the IPA. I didn't really taste any of the other flavors coming okay. out. Patrick? Uh, well, yeah, it's a great beer. I, I would definitely tell you to drink it if <laughs> you were sitting next to me and it was an option. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Matt? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This was the most kind of crazy one I saw up there that I thought was kind of cool. And I knew that we were doing your beer here, so it was kind of on the sweeter end. So I thought that'd be kind of cool. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm I'm going to go with Mike. Like, I wish it was a little bit, like, thicker on the mouthfeel. Like, if it just had a little bit more substance, it's good. I could drink a pint of it. I don't know if I would order a second. Yeah, There's, and I did not order a second yeah. either. Was, yeah, because yeah, there's a lot going on. It's very sweet. If anything, I wish it was like the thickness of Gobias, kind of. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I had one of those there because that's like, Gobias the, is it's phenomenal. So yeah. Lots but. more body, and this would be very appealing. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, as it sits right now, it's, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's easy drinking. It's, it's an NEIPA. Yeah. Like. All right, Carlos, give me a number. Well, it's kind of hard because, like, I haven't really had any more of this, like, quasi milkshake right, style right. before. So and like I actually just having this one like I can't really say that I like this milkshake a uh, milkshake style so far so I'm just gonna give it a six. I think, I think as I, I, we're gonna call it like you know the subcategory or whatever it's yeah. not really a, a G, you know it, it not yet but they haven't style. updated those for two years yeah so. it's a little <laughs> underwhelming for what a milkshake beer should be. Mm-hmm. Being its clarity, you know, lack of body. I do it's like a, the clarity. Not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's a clean beer, well done. Like there's nothing wrong with it, and it tastes good. It, it just like you, it's sweet for what it is. Yeah, it needs the body, and it needs needs something, something else there to balance it out. So six, six, Pat. Uh. I'd probably go with like above a six, six or above, <laughs> six to seven, maybe an eight. Uh, <laughs> I'm really going for a feel about this, you know, milkshakes. I'm thinking like you know that classic restaurant like d- diner thing. So I like I want to start listening to like old music and like have a hot dog or something. Oh, like hamburger, that. Man. Yes, man! Hamburgers and fries. Oh, you dip man. the fries yeah. right in the beer. Yeah, but the hot dog, <laughs> the hot dog is a hangover from the stout right oh, now God. for me. For some uh, reason, that really was in my head, and uh, so I'm. That's where I'm at with it. Well, you know, it, it's it's from New York. You got to get that, you know, New York City street dog. I feel like I should be like in the old Denny Styles place where it's like a mirrored exterior. That's uh, where, where like, I'm at. So the, the '60s version of Future. Yeah, it, like. I think it also depends on what you're doing with it. It's a it's a good beer. It has a lot of sweetness to it. Uh, like I said, if you're sitting next to me right now, I'd tell you to drink some. All yeah. right. Uh, I'll go with a seven, seven and a half. I like it. Easy drinking. Not much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, with a six. I think if they drop the vanilla down just a little bit, uh, as is, this beer would be great. But Vanilla's a hard one, too. Well, it is. And, like, usually, like, as it warms up, the vanilla just becomes so overwhelming yeah. in this beer. Uh, I get that, and I get the milk sugar, the lactose, and it's just so sweet. Which, I mean, milkshake, you're going for that, so... <laughs> but the mouthfeel doesn't quite match it. 
Yeah, that vanilla is real unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You never know how potent your. Well, and do you think be. they used an extract, or do you think they used beans? I don't know. The last time I was on the show, we did a parts per million for a gluten-free beer. Oh, God. And now I'm thinking about lactose intolerance. (laughs) What is it? I'm I'm very curious. (laughs) Right? uh, I think we should uh, do the math on that for sure. uh, It took us like five, over five minutes last time. Oh, and also we didn't come to a good answer, I don't think. We're going to put Matt on that. What am I doing? You were looking up uh, the parts per million. In, in order to trigger a lactose allergy. Yeah, my assistant brewer really needs to know that. He is lactose intolerant. <laughs> and when we make beers like this, he can't be around when I add the lactose in the kettle. <laughs> so. And now the Department of Offense presents News with Casey. That's me. All, All right. Parts per million. Oh. That was quick. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. Twelve parts per million. I don't know what that equates to in liquid, but you now tell we me know. To look up parts per million, yeah, so. and we got it. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like how many in a million, right? <laughs> Alright, uh, it appears we need to wait a while longer to find out whether more than two millennia of thinkers and explorers, from Aristotle to Ferdinand Magellan to Neil deGrasse Tyson and John Glenn, have been wrong about the shape of the Earth. Mad Mike Hughes, limousine driver and self-proclaimed flat earther, announced that he had to delay his plan to launch himself 1,800 feet high in a rocket of his own making. The launch, which he has billed as a crucial first step towards ultimately photographing our disc world from space, had had been scheduled for Saturday before the Bureau of Land Management got wind of the plan and barred him from using public land in Amboy, California. Also, the rocket launcher he built out of a used motorhome broke down in the driveway (laughs) on Wednesday. (laughs) He said in a YouTube announcement that they had eventually gotten the launcher fixed, but the small matter of federal permission had proved a more serious stumbling block. The BLM informed me that they are not going to allow me to do the event there, at least at that location, Hughes said. Hughes asserted that the BLM last year had tacitly left the matter of permissions to the Federal Aviation Administration, and of course, they can't honestly approve it, he added. Uh, the FAA just said, well, we know that you're going to do it here. It turns out that the BLM wasn't satisfied with that explanation, particularly after the Associated Press first reported on the launch for a national audience. This fucker, like, Flat Earther, built a goddamn rocket out of a motorhome. He better take a full video as he goes all this, the way up. No, he's not going up. And there's some He's th- going into a ball of fire. No, there's some aspect of well, that's that like works steam too, powered so. too. I don't remember what aspect it was, but <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Flat Earthers, man. <laughs> B.O.B. Um, Hughes has not relented in his quest to launch himself roughly 500 miles per hour on a mile-long flight across the sky above the Mojave <laughs> Desert. He said that he has found private property near his original launch site, where he anticipates finally taking off as early as this coming week. For Hughes, this launch would not only uh, would not be his first in a homemade rocket. In 2014, the 61-year-old sent himself flying a quarter mile across the Arizona <laughs> desert before pulling out several parachutes of questionable quality on his fall to Earth. <laughs> He was in a walker for a couple of weeks after that launch. (laughs) Parachutes of questionable quality. (laughs) 
He also hopes that this will not be his last such attempt. <laughs> he's going to find out the Earth is not flat. Uh, since converting to the flat Earth belief after oh, researching no. it for several months in between doing everything else, Hughes has seen a marked uptick in funding contra- in fundraising contributions to his rocket projects. Sucks that his last name's Hughes. Right, like Howard Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't gonna be no well, Spruce guy, Goose, guys. But he's got the crazy part down. Yeah, yeah. That guy was crazy too. Just a, crazy about, you know, germs and stuff. This is a directly. It seems contradictory to what he's doing. Right. Well. And he, has, he has big plans, hoping to eventually launch himself into space, where he believes he can overturn a scientific understanding that predates NASA by 2,300 years. I don't believe in science, Hughes said. <laughs> I know about aerodynamics and fluid dynamics and how things move through the air, about the certain size of rocket nozzles and thrust. Do, but that's not science. That's a formula. Do flat earthers also think, like, the planets are flat then, too? Like, Jupiter and all them, or... No, those don't exist. That's, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Gonna... They're just a projection, you know, by the government. You know, no, maybe... No, but uh, I've had an odd it's, it's couple of days with conspiracy theories. I honestly... That's a, <laughs> this is a touchy subject for me That's actually right a serious now. question, though. Do they, do they think that the other ones would be flat? Honestly, I have not researched it because okay. it doesn't need research. It just, it just confuses me if you see, like... <laughs> The actual pictures of all these places. Like, how? Wh- why? Like, uh, and it just, doesn't make sense. Like, a flat disk going around the sun. That just doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, no. The sun, the sun orbits. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the above. sun orbits us. Yeah. That's right. We are the center yeah. of the universe. But you can stand on the salt flats and see the curvature of the Earth. How dare you say that? I'm <laughs> <laughs> dead serious. We've seen it. Like, it, yeah. you see the curvature. It's... <laughs> well, and if you've ever ridden in an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you well, watch Third Man Re- building Did you built- guys watch the Third Man Records where they put the record into space? It was Carl Sagan's. Uh, the, the, oh, I didn't watch they that, made no. a song about Carl Sagan. They all this is it actually? Is it actually like a record? Carl Sagan, like him uh, talking, and they put it over music or something. They played a record all the way up to space. Oh, did they? That's cool. with the weather balloon, and the weather balloon popped, and it flew. <laughs> Fell down, down to earth. Yeah, so that was really cool. You watch it the whole way going up oh, yeah. and hearing the whole well, song. And for about 500 bucks, you can send up your own weather balloon with, a, like, with a camera. You and, know what's... Uh, and you, if see, this guy, uh, you don't see the curvature of the earth because it's flat. If this guy makes his launch and succeeds, he's going to think that, oh, the world's, it's, the world's not a circle. It's just that the disc is actually kind of has like a little bit oh, of curvature yes, to yeah, it. Oh, yes. Yeah, right, right. The, the uh, camera the, has a curve to it. The, that's the, why it's making the, it. The, the final quote here is, there's no difference between science and science fiction. Oh. Because, you know, the Earth is fucking flat, apparently. Well, every time you're looking in the telescope, it's just like it happens to be flipped that way every single time. <laughs> you, know, you, you never really catch it when it's looking like that, but you just look yeah. like yep, this, you yep. know, so it's just random. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know, go with, like, a ring world theory or something. Like, disc world is stupid. Like, it's not fun. Like, is there somebody living on the underside of the disc? Yeah, when, I, when, at least when you say flat yeah, earth, you earth. think about it a little bit. But when you say disc earth, you're like, that makes no fucking sense Yeah, Casey, the hollow earth is uh, on the other side. <laughs> I think Are there insane. dinosaurs on the yeah, other so side? How, do, how does the other side get sun then? Like a disc on like this? Oh, no, so like, the, that makes it no doesn't. Sense. That's, where the, that's where the Morlocks live? Oh, so we're all on a sunny side. We're Even on the sunny side of the Morlocks. In places, like so really, right now. uh... uh what was it the time traveler? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh, that's that's really a really good they, movie. They, they didn't travel through time; they just like fell through the earth it's on true, the other side. It's yeah. true. What about Alaska and that like 
24 hours a day. Well, that, they're see, in the center yeah, of the they're, disc. They're, they're in the center of the disc, and that's why the sun's up there. Oh. But what happens when it's all night? It moves to the other side. Oh. These sound like the same. <laughs> the Morlocks, watch out. <laughs> These sound like the same people that would get into Scientology. <laughs> well, well, you know, you got to those uh, those alien spirits in the volcano are very important. I think Scientology tries a little bit harder to convince people. <laughs> yeah, if you don't believe in science, I don't know, this dude, it's Scientology is, is another thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let's get back RV. to the let's get to the rocket portion of like, this. It's like an <laughs> RV home with like some sort of steam powered. Well, what I'm engine. picturing, like what in the world you guys is this have guy seen up to? Spa- uh, space balls, right? Yeah. No, but I've this... seen red green before, and it sounds a lot like that. <laughs> See, I was just thinking it's the Winnebago from uh, space balls, and they're just floating around in. <laughs> That's that is actually a vision I got when you started explaining. You know, it maybe uh, every flat earther should build a rocket and try it out. I think. You know, I think that's a really good idea. I mean, we'll run out of flat earthers real yeah. quick. It's called natural selection, Casey. <laughs> but no, no, no. But that's science It'll fiction. be a really exciting couple of months. Right. Well, I mean, that's science fiction, though. So, I mean, this is the Blind Ninja Studio to <laughs> challenge to every flat earther out there. <laughs> Build a rocket, but you can't launch it on public lands. <laughs> Your driveway's just fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, next story. Activision oh, uh, are seeking to oppose a patent filed in the U.S. for a dog waste removal service. The publishers of Destiny and Call of Duty have been granted an extension to oppose a patent for the Call of Duty service. The service uh, is a family business run by a married couple in, from California. Their service uh, revolves or around helping people clean up after their furry friends, ranging from an eight, uh, $6 hosing off of sullied patios to a twice-weekly poop-scooping visits at a cost of $80 a month. Hmm. You know, I would, I would fight that. a lot that of dollars t- a month. Like, it's a great name for, like, their dog business. Yeah. And I think they should fight it unless Activision admits in court that their products are shit. E- equitable to dog shit. <laughs> Seriously though, if you're that lazy to spend a, almost a hundred dollars a month to have somebody clean up your poop, that's well, I mean, pretty lazy. You, well, I mean, if you have like a keep your dog in the backyard and like you don't want all the shit in the backyard, uh, you go out and pick it up. Yeah, no, but, but some people have money to spend. Yeah, and if, what, what's your time worth, Matt? Seriously though, eighty dollars—that's a lot of money. But two times a week to come have somebody else come take care of the shit instead of you. It's not that hard, though. Yeah, but then you have to pick up poop. <laughs> Besides, wow. Matt, you don't have a yard. <laughs> wow. You know, honestly, come on, Activision. Let it go. It's a funny name. It's a play <laughs> on words. You have a video game that these guys are obviously, like, using. Yep. And, like, of course... <laughs> Are, is their business damaging you in any way? Are you going to start a service to pick up dog poop? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to have uh, uh, loot if boxes. Activision can do this. I feel like I should be able to do this. Do what? Eighty dollars a month for picking up. Activision somebody's is not poop. doing this. Well, actually, oh, I that's, thought a, that's what this was. No, no they're no, no, suing that, another they're, they're company. Suing, yeah. They're suing. They're oh, suing a small company that's using the name Call of sorry. Duty. But you know, actually, there's a good it's point. Like poop. Oh, that's dumb. There's, that is Fuck actually you, a good point, Activision. though. Is that it's not a, it's not a video game company making a Call of Duty. It's a dog business making a. There's a poop so many other business. businesses yeah, that exactly. are all planned words like that. They should be able to because I think they're protected. Yeah, there's no, there's no like. Cross business. It's not like people who are looking for video games are mistakenly buying 
a service to pick up their No, but it's the people who are playing Call of Duty that need to use the Call of Duty uh, service so they can play more Call of Duty. Oh, so so they don't Instead of picking up poop. Who is that hurting? I think it's a (laughs) win-win here. Why, why is this like a they lawsuit? should partner up? Yeah, they, it's true. Honestly, actually, I'm because why doesn't Activision just say, hurts. Let's spread this? We'll make this bigger, we'll, in, we'll invest in this right. company. Let's make this nationwide. Just buy them out, million yeah. dollar buyout right there. They'll it, sell. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. Right. Uh, a Russian politician proposed labeling American fast food chains like McDonald's and KFC as foreign agents on Friday following recently passed legislation which provides the same classification for international news outlets. Boris uh, Kemeshov, a 26-year-old Moscow lawmaker in the Federal Russian Assembly, described advertisements made by American restaurants for Russian consumers as manipulative and non-transparent about their long-term health effects. Well, that's fair. That's completely (laughs) fair. That's a completely fair argument he's making there. Uh, The state Duma deputy added that chains like McDonald's available across Russia were contributing to the decline of the nation's cuisine. Did you call him the Doom deputy? The Duma, the oh, state Duma. I thought it was his name. He was like the Doom deputy. Like, how do you get to become the deputy of Doom? I'm pretty sure in Russia they're all deputies of Doom. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, the food sold by American fast food restaurants, uh, according to some studies, negatively affects the body and human health. Uh, Kamishov said, uh, in advertising, a positive image of consumption of these products is presented. Uh, his targeting of America's fast food restaurants throughout the region is nothing new. McDonald's has been in the line of fire of a years-long sanctions war between both countries, with Russia moving to close many of the restaurant's locations since 2014, citing sanitary violations. That's also probably a very fair argument that they're making. We spent a lot of time at a McDonald's for many, many years, yeah. and you were in charge of cleaning McDonald's, and I've seen how you clean. And, so, and I, no, no, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen what other people like would cook. Like it, they were terrible. It was, it was bad. You uh, don't, by the way, never get a grilled chicken at McDonald's, especially at eleven o'clock or after. The only safe night. time to get a grilled chicken at McDonald's is at ten thirty-five. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> it. Right after they start making grilled chicken. Yep. Because there's there's there, there's grilled chicken that had been well, yeah, there for it's, hours. It sits and hours. in tepid water for yeah, disgusting. Just hours. I don't want to know more about McDonald's, you guys. Please stop. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for like three days now, and uh, you're really ruining it for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Well, after we're done here, you can go get uh, grilled chicken then. Uh, that's not what I would order anyway, but thanks for putting it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the panic order like is a jerky. familiar trick to me. <laughs> like, oh no, I'm up here and I need to order something, but grilled I don't chicken. know what to say. <laughs> Shit! I didn't want that, but now I'm stuck with it. I can't can't renege on that offer. Damn it. If you ever wonder why it, like, it, why it tastes like jerky, well, it's because it pretty much it's jerky. I like jerky, though. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin is expected to sign the bill uh, requiring international news outlets to include themselves in the foreign agents uh, registry. Kamenshov's addition, uh, which is not included in the current bill, moving through Russia's parliament, would force all American food chains and restaurants operating throughout the country to do the same. Um, and so basically what that would do is it would give Russia the ability to be like, no, you can't be here anymore. Like, just get out. So, like, they're doing that to, like, CNN. I'm pretty and- sure they had that ability with me, like, all along. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> they can do that with people without a problem. But it's businesses that they're running into and news outlets. Interesting. 
And now McDonald's. Because Putin doesn't want news outlets that he can't control. That makes perfect sense, It actually. really does. Uh, an electrician from Western Australia was sacked after using a twisties packet to skip work to allegedly <laughs> play golf for two years. <laughs> uh, twisties are like a, uh, they're like a chip. Okay. And, yeah, so it's like, uh, yeah, like a little chip bag. Uh, the Fair Work Commission found Tom Coella, age 60, was fairly fi- uh, was fairly fired after he used the packet to mask his work device's GPS. The commission heard the electrician kept his work device inside a foil twisties packet, which acted as a Faraday cage and blocked electro- electromagnetic fields, meaning his location was hid- hidden. Mr. Uh, Coella uh, had been employed by... Water Corporation, WA, contractor Aruna Alliance for 20 years before his employers received an anonymous tip-off, which claimed he had been playing golf on the job for two years. That fucking anonymous tip-off was the dude he just beat. Yeah, probably. It's like Tiger Woods. He's (laughs) out there, warm-up match, gets beat by some electrician. He's like, I'm going to ruin your life now. He was alleged to have played golf during work hours at least 140 different times, although this could not be proved. However, Aruna Alliance did find that Mr. Colella, who was also a senior union delegate, had committed fraud by claiming to be at work while at different locations for 21 days during April last year. Fucking all of April, he was on the golf course. He's just like, phone in the bag, here we go. So they only have 21 instances that they can prove, then. That is enough to fire somebody. Oh, no, he can be fired. I'm just saying they can't really take away uh, anything besides firing him. Well, do, uh, you, do you fire him or do you go kind of catch me if you can and hire him to lead your fraud department? He's, he's right. still he's just going to keep playing golf. Literally, his fraud... His, just his, let him play golf. Then. Well, that's why they fired him. Like, go play golf now, man. Go for it. Uh, Chase your dreams. The scheme was unraveled by Mr. Crowell's personal digital assistant or PDA, which was used by workers to track work tasks. The PDA showed he had been at home at times he claimed he had completed tasks. The electrical trade union delegate said that his PDA had a glitch and that he had phone records to prove that he had been unfairly dismissed. However, Commissioner Bernie Riordan uh, said that the election had been deliberate in trying to hide or the electrician had been deliberate in trying to hide his whereabouts and deceive his employer. So, guys, if you're going to, like, why don't you just literally leave your phone at the office then? Wait a second. So, wait, he's still getting his tasks done. Yeah, he's still getting all of his work done (laughs) just at home instead of... And while golfing. And while golfing. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. Right? It's not like he was slacking off. He just really needed to improve his game. They need to do an office space. They need to start paying him more to try to incentivize him to do more work then. Yeah, well, I mean, they got to send in the box. And maybe he'll show up. <laughs> Seems like the golf game was suiting the company. Right? It wasn't hurting. Maybe he was even playing golf with the person. How, the how many years times. did you say he was doing this for? Two. Two, two years. Two years out of his uh, 20 years of employment. Man, that's not that bad. Well, like, is he, like, around <laughs> retirement age? Because, I mean... Yeah, it, he's 60. <clears throat> he's fine, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless unless he lost his pension. That's true, yeah. For being canned. Well, like, that would be the only thing that would be the, that would be the downside here. He, but I'm pretty sure that he just didn't give a shit at that point in time. No. So I he think was just, he was just done. Yeah. He was good. <laughs> yeah. he was like, how long can like, I do this? Really good. <laughs> He's like, you know, I got really good at golf these last two years and got paid for it. Right, All that's, right. That's pretty impressive. We managed to pull it off for so long. All right. Well, uh, that's the end of our news. So let's talk uh, to Mike about Swinging Bridge. 
last time you were on, you guys hadn't opened yet. I think it was December or January of last year. Um, cause I, we, I, got, I, we got to try the Four Winds IPA at that time. Yeah. 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 Uh, and actually, we had a quote from you on our quote game this past year. I don't Neither of us got it. it, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, neither of you guys got it, but it was... Mike talking about living in New York and rent prices and having to sell crack to pay rent. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so let's talk about Swing Bridge in the last. <clears throat> I guess you guys opened in March officially. Yeah. So it's been what eight months? Eight, then? Yeah, about eight months. I think. Yeah. So in the last eight. Uh, so last time, uh, last time you were on, you guys were still doing the Indiegogo campaign. What's the what? point in it? I want to tease it. Oh, yeah, man. Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's also some Cheetos in there, too, man. Like. Hot Cheetos and Takis. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, you guys you guys did your Indiegogo campaign that ended at, like, $33,000. Watch where you're biting those. Yeah, we reached our goal in a matter of an hour and a half. Yeah. And that was, that was like, so there was definitely a lot of hype. So, yeah. I mean, let's, let's I guess, let's kind of start at, let's start in March. How did the opening go? Grand opening was awesome. Um, it was insane. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't there for 11 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The, the River Falls uh, Journal or whatever. Casey's, like, yeah, tapping the Yeah, fucking photobombed that photo. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was packed all day. Yeah. yeah. That we sold close to... Everything you All had. of your beer? Yeah. We went through probably seven to eight kegs, I think, just in that first night. So, first there's... Two nights, Saturday and uh, Friday and Saturday. I think it was a total combined amount of kegs, but it was ridiculous. Um, was it a, that was St. Patty's Day, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that had a lot to do with it too. Oh, it helped. You know what's great is like now our anniversary party will come on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so be prepared for getting rid of that many kids. <laughs> right. See, uh, being another bar in town or whatever that definitely helped you guys, but at the same time hurt you guys tremendously. Getting rid of all those kegs all at once. Yeah, that hurt us. Um, <laughs> Sucks to be out of beer. <laughs> yeah. You know that that's one thing about Swinging Bridge. Um, from folks who are close to us know that we we really have overcome a lot of hurdles that most breweries yeah. really shouldn't yeah. and be able to come out on top each time. So that was one of our major hurdles and learning lessons is to, you know, on some of the beers we have kind of hoard back a little bit and stretch things out until we were able to have enough stockhold to at least have half a tap wall. So, you know, I coming into it, I had a broken ankle, so I. Had that's very. That's right. You got you broke your you broke your uh, ankle or your leg right right before. Open, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I had to rely on a, a friend of mine who's his name's John Christensen. He's starting a brewery in Menominee's Zymergy Public House, but he's also former brewer of Lucette. And, oh, okay. Um, so he would come on his availability to brew my batches for me, and you know we had. A little bit of a gap in between fermentations and whatnot, so we ran out of beer quickly. <laughs> so once I got my cast off, I devised a plan and just went head forward into this plan. And now, you know, you see we have half a tap wall. Yeah, you guys haven't been out of beer since. Yeah, and we, we just pushed into the other side of the wall with that 
hop and barrel collaboration. Nice. So, um, so now you finally have more of your beer than other beer on. Absolutely. Yeah, that that was a tough hurdle. That's for sure. Yeah, even overcoming the you know. <laughs> well, then you also lost that again. whole like red ale there at one time too, and yeah, you know. yep. Well, that's one thing too is like quality is huge on me. Um, if you knew me back when I was home brewing, <laughs> if I even tasted one off thing, people, oh, that's a great beer, but I'm flushing that's it a down shit the toilet. Beer, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't meet my standards, and even. One iota is off. It's out. If you want any proof of that, go listen to some old, old episodes of Homebrew Bound when we had Mike on. Because <laughs> yeah. he was his—he was definitely his own harshest critic. Yeah, and I, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing. But yeah. at the same time, I'm saving that quality for the customers. You know. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. Well, and as a customer, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, lots of good things happening now though we're expecting two fermenters soon um we really cannot make enough beer i'm i'm in that brew house constantly refilling fermenters are you guys gonna rent out that uh back room back there at all like that one that i was told not to go into but it was unlocked one time and i wanted to go into it and i did God damn it, man. Oh, that garage? Yeah. <laughs> that that belongs to Fox 10. <laughs> it was like a card table and a nice... I, yeah, like... that's her Harry Potter room. Oh, I had that's no clue part at the of time. the event. I don't yes. even know if they were doing Harry Potter at that time. Maybe they are. You mean the Harry Potter, no, not room, at that Harry time. Potter room at Swinging Bridge is not part of the brewery? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were really into it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, like... no, that's like the train station, man. That's like the door you go through. Through right there, and then all of a sudden, you're fuck! There. That's like three fermenters in one right there. Like you could, oh, there's a lot of room back there. <laughs> room back there. <laughs> I remember getting yelled at by Anne wasn't working there at that time, and yeah, I got yelled at by somebody that was there. I was like, sorry, I just thought it was part of it. <laughs> I just like walking through doors. I'm Matt. Have well, you not met me? It looked <laughs> like Don't you know set, me. <laughs> it was around the time you guys opened, and it looked like it was set up like the place. Like it was like a nice hangout area. I'm like, this is awesome. Why can't this? And then yep, I had to get out of there. Well, we think that too. I mean, we'll see what happens. But... I'm sorry, Foxton. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been it's been really neat to watch us overcome some of these hurdles and. Well, one of, one of the uh, hurdles that you guys ran into was your brewing system, right? You guys ran into a lot of problems early on with, like, the electronics and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do. I have the only one in the country right now, and it's an oil-jacketed system, electric, and I'm basically the guinea pig, okay. so to speak. You know, it's nice to say I have the only one in the country. It makes it unique and special. Ooh. Yeah, but at the same time, you have the only one in right. the country. Right. I can't refer to any other brewers or anything like that on like what they've done with the system before so yeah we had an element explode and that's what caused me to jump off the deck and break my ankle Jesus Christ like actually like literally explode (laughs) yeah so if you've ever seen a water heater element before Mm -hmm. okay now imagine one that's like three feet long whoa okay and it ripped apart it sounded like four shotguns going off, and it was enough to scare the shit out of me where I jumped off that four-foot <laughs> deck thinking I had a live grenade in front of me. Jesus. So luckily my friend, he swung around, swung back, hit the e-stop, and then I got the cast on and all that. But <laughs> that was the start of the electrical problems. Um, 
a lot of our design is space and it's amazing we're able to pull off what we do in that building even our heat exchanger yeah. for the fermenters is downstairs so we've had to climate control the basement now to be able to keep the computer system for the brew house cool because that was also you know we were fighting ourselves so lots of lots of learning experiences through this yeah a lot a lot different and unusual than what Norse, most brewers would have to go through would you have uh, set up differently, like, if you had to set up in the same location all over again? Or would you have uh, mo- moved things around? Definitely would have put the heat exchanger on the roof. And uh, that'd be about the only thing I'd change right Happy now. Beer. But yeah. Just grab something. Yeah, otherwise, man, this has been, like, a really fun ride. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, we just did our first bottle release yesterday. And that was successful. We sold over 300 bottles yeah, in less than 24 hours. Yeah, that is awesome. Yep. Uh, why, so was 300 just like a random number that you chose? or? Well, we did a three-and-a-half-barrel batch of it, and after settlement and all that, I think I walked away with about six kegs worth. And we just chose a number 300. We wanted to reserve 100 for members and then 200 to the public, also a couple to the employees for sure. Mm-hmm. So once we hit that number, I also wanted to reserve some for the tap wall. Yeah. So if you didn't get a bottle, you can still come in and get a glass. I highly recommend. Oh yeah, I would recommend that too. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling we're gonna be diving into it shortly. We can so, do that now. If all we right. Want. <laughs> and then we can kind of all talk about it too. And yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, if we're talking about the bottle release, you should probably taste that beer, huh? Yeah. And what and this, is this bottle release? Is the question. Okay, so this is a chocolate toasted coconut stout. Um. Sounds like all the things I hate. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really special beer to me. Um, um, uh, Me and a friend, Josh, designed this beer, and it all started. I was an extract brewer for quite some time, and my friend Josh basically was going to show me how to all grain, hands-on, and we designed this recipe over beers at Junior's. And this was my first all-grain recipe. And we the same bottles from that recipe we sent into multiple competitions where we're winning first place. Fuck yeah. Like, we even won first place regionally to go to the AHA competition, the national competition. Mm-hmm. We beat two guys in North Carolina with this beer. What did so. you guys uh, place in competition with uh, with this? First place, first place, we did regionally. Okay. So that got us into the national, and mm-hmm. I think we placed third. We had a forty-two as our score. Damn. Yeah, and that's third. Forty-two no, is there was, high. Yeah, but there was no. We didn't get any mention. It was first and second place. Um. So with a score of forty-two, we're thinking, what the heck else was there? You know, like, yeah. That's still a big score. So we knew we had something special. Uh, for non-home brewers, uh, above forty is a stupidly good beer. Yeah, I was gonna so, say also for non-home brewers, where does the coconut come from? Like, did you throw a coconut in here? Is this coconut extract? No, this is real, legitimate, certified organic coconut. There was twenty-five pounds thrown into about a hundred and ten-gallon batch, a uh, hundred ounces of Hershey's cocoa powder, and that was thrown in in the boil. So basically, it was where dry. Where do you hops. find a hundred pounds of Hershey's cocoa powder? The grocery Costco. Store? 
Uh, <laughs> I, I did get the coconut through the co-op locally in town. Okay. So, okay. you know, I tried yeah, to... Local grown Wisconsin coconuts. Yeah, from the Philippines. <laughs> They're rare, but they exist. Man, I, I always wonder that when you hear like, okay, I got a coconut, I got an oatmeal stuff. Like, where, how does this all come into play? Is it just like extracts and stuff or like... No, I mean, some people can, but I mean, this recipe, the way this beer was designed and... The awards were winning on it. It needed to be yeah. just like we did in the homebrew level. And it was unsweetened coconut flakes, so that way it wouldn't kick up a second fermentation. Yeah, you get the full flavor of... How was the... Right. How did you toast them? Was it in the oven at... Yeah, we actually used the oven at Kinney View Deli. Oh, and okay. we were able to do it all in just like a couple trays. You know, I think it was, oh God, 10 or 12 well, trays. Because I, I remember... Uh, Fredrickson bitching when you guys did this at at Pitchfork. Yeah, about yeah. his his having to toast the coconut because <laughs> yeah. if he has to do any extra work, he's gonna bitch about. It. Uh, well, yeah, and that's why it was called O'Hara's Pot of Gold because he was like, "There better be gold chocolate you're putting in there, and some gold coconut." So that's why we nicknamed him Frugelson after mm-hmm. that day. That's how he got that name, but. Uh, that, and just a little tidbit here, Mike used to brew at Pitchfork with yeah, anybody yeah. that came into the show later. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, Mike was an assistant brewer there first and still still repping the Pitchfork. Thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're friends, man, for life, so but that to me now we we went separate ways with this beer after we won all these awards and kind of uh Funny, we both entered it into the same competition (laughs) once, and I ended up scoring a little higher on it, so it caused a nice little friendly rivalry. Because after we entered it, all of us, you know, there's another friend involved that, you know, we like to hang out with Brock, and all three of us were chatting, like, well, who's going to get the better score? Who's going to get the better score? And I ended up doing it, but, like, I took my own direction with this beer. Now I ferment it with Irish ale yeast rather than the English strain that we used before. I've also beefed up the gravity. Originally it was like 6.6. It's now 7.8. And I think by doing that, the cut of the alcohol and the bitterness of the chocolate is now balanced. It's What is the percentage on it? 7.8. So I beefed it up a lot. It tastes like straight up almond joy. It's great. It's really good. Or not mounts. It's really good. Just straight up mounts. It's so good. Yeah, is I'm there really by any chance one. in that bottle left over there anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a little bit. No, there's none left, Matt. There's none left. Right. Oh, it's all gone now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's all Maris Otter, wheat, Crystal 60, chocolate malt, lactose, and roasted barley. It's got a little bit of Magnum hops for bittering. And, uh, yeah, Irish Ale Yeast by White Labs. Damn. Yeah, that's, for a first bottle release, you can't. Well, you can't go wrong with this. This is so what do you think awesome. will happen? Uh, everybody with bottle releases usually holds on it for two, three, four years. What's going to happen with this beer? Do you think? Well, that's why I also beefed up the gravity on this one, so it'd be at least worth aging to have some alcohol to mellow out a little bit. You know, maybe meld with the flavors a little bit along down the road. But we did age the homebrew ones before, and I think after a year, the coconut did drop out a little bit. Okay. So I would expect, you know, to be a little bit less coconut later on down the road, but I think it'd be a little bit more pronounced in the chocolate and maybe the alcohol smooths And that'd be that coconut you find in there or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, little subtle notes, you know, like the toastiness, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. but the actual coconut, I don't think you'll get Mm -hmm. anymore. 
Interesting. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Casey, you should go get a bottle or find a bottle track down somewhere so we can have next year's. Too late, man. I, I screwed the pooch on that one. All right, Mike, you're bringing one of the bottles next year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I do have a couple at the house that I'm going to sit on for a little bit so we can come back next year. Well, you know, well, that so, is one of the most fun shows with Pitchfork, though. Yeah, yeah. So like we, we, episode, we started doing right. the, the Vanilla and Rose vertical. We should start doing the Captain yep. Trips vertical. Yep. Yeah, because the next version we're doing, I mean, unfortunately, we weren't able to do a barrel-aged for our... Well, that's what I was going to ask, if you were going to... Yeah, I do have plans to kind of imperialize this recipe and throw it into a Heaven Hill barrel. So is that the called same... the Admiral Trip then? Like, does he just get a promotion? Or... <laughs> I don't know. We're going we're to have to you talk about this one not on tape and uh, figure out some copyright issues. But... <laughs> you have to put a little BNS on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was our idea. <laughs> yeah. And no, I was able to purchase some Heaven Hill barrels. The same ones that Bourbon County, Goose nice. Island's Bourbon County uses. So, really nice bourbon barrels. So, we'll see what we can do with that. Yeah. Um, I know we got something really special planned for our one year anniversary with some of the barrel age. Well, so uh, when, when you purchase a barrel like that, you can get what? Two or three good uses out of it with. Three if you do it properly. Okay. I mean, you could go longer, but I mean. Well, so that might two I, for sure. Two for sure. Two yeah. for sure. Three, three if you stretch it. But then the question is, are you going to sour the barrel afterwards and do a barrel aged sour? Or are you going to just kind of let? I it don't die? know because I, to do a barrel aged sour like the sours that I like, I don't like the dark ones too. Much. Yeah. So by putting the stout in the barrel for a couple times, it's going to build that stout character too. Mm, yep. I think if I was going to do anything like barrel fermented or sour programmed, you know, it'd be it'd be a wine barrel. Wine barrels yeah. are just straight up brand new oak. Okay. You know. Yep. And inoculate those and go that way. Right. Because you guys did one sour that was phenomenal. You guys yeah. did your uh, Berliner. Yeah, yep. that was good. Uh, did you guys kettle sour that? Yes, we did. And it's coming back. We're going to brew it again this week. We've got some big plans for that. How So when, when you're kettle souring that beer, how long is that tying up your, your kettle? Mine is unique. A lot of brewers would think I'm crazy for doing it because of the oil jackets. They don't cool down. So to be able to sour a beer, it needs to maintain a temperature of 100 degrees in the kettle. Mm -hmm. When I get done brewing, it stays 180 degrees for a day and a half. So I had to get the beer inoculated, boil for 20 minutes, send it to a fermenter. And keep the fermenter at 100 you just let it ride. If I turn on that glycol machine, I'll crash my glycol machine because it's too hot. Hmm. I'll basically exchange 40 degrees in less than five minutes, and it crashes the glycol. I'd be pumping okay. hot fluid through it. Either way. So we just got to let it sit in the fermenter overnight and then come back and monitor the temperature of the jacket. And as soon as it gets to about 100 degrees, we move the beer back into the kettle, and then we shut off the vent pipe on the roof and then put a two PSI CO2 trickle into the kettle to make sure there's a blanket of CO2. Oxygen doesn't really yep. help out the bacteria. So we pitch the bacteria, monitor the pH until we get to the right pH level. That you guys we want. hitting like four and a half or seven? We're going lower than that. Oh, really? Uh, that Liba was about 3.4. Okay. I wanted to go to 3.2. That's real lower. low. That's real tart. Right. But it didn't hit it. We it 
I even let it sit for four days and it just wouldn't drift. So after four days, that's just too long. And then you do your boil to kill off all that. Yep, 60-minute boil to completely inoculate everything, sent it back to the fermenter, and then pitched yeast. Nice. Yep. I've been talking about a few other brewers in uh, the Twin Cities area, too, on how to add fruit to the Berliner. So... I don't know. See, like... some big changes, man. I like the... Personally, I like... Take the pure Berliner and then, like, do fruit syrups afterwards. Yep. Like that, because then you get a lot more variety for your... More bang for your buck, I I would say. Like, if you're just brewing a straight Berliner instead of, like, doing, all right, well, we're going to put blueberries in this one, and now all we have is blueberry Berliner Weiss. Right, right. We were doing that with the Woodruff and Raspberry. Those syrups were fucking amazing. And yeah. <laughs> they really are, man. They, they, it's it's kind of funny how it changes the aspect of the beer almost completely, mm-hmm. you know, but... Makes it more like a soda than a beer almost. Like. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more easier to drink. It's mm-hmm. not so tart. But me being who I am, I like to experiment with some things. So yeah. we've got some big plans for that sour coming up. Awesome. The first run was Still basically to find out, do we have something nice for a base beer? And we got a lot of good feedback on that one. It's a nice ratio of wheat to Pilsner, so I think we're good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, so we've talked about your sour. We've talked about uh, the Captain Trips. Uh, let's, let's. I mean, and we, we've tried four wins yep. on the show. That's really good. Uh, I kind of want to touch on your Kinney Kolsch. That seems to be one of your big beers. Every time I go in there, Kinney Kolsch is on, and it's phenomenal. I can't. I can't make enough of it, man. It's this I mean, town has fell in love with that beer, and each one, if if you you're trying it as you're coming in, we're putting different variations on it. It's the same in some regards, but. Like, this one has Citra and Nelson before it was Hillertau. Uh, again, it was just Pilsner and Vienna. Now it's Pilsner, Vienna, wheat, you know? <laughs> he, he's, he's trying to, like, dance by the Aku Aku mask. It has a large nose on it. <laughs> so we're changing it up just subtly, you know, and kind of rolling out new changes with it, too. Like that's. But that is definitely the easiest one for, like, River Falls in general. Yeah. People, the older generation, to get into craft beer, like, Kolsch's are the easiest for... Right, right. Like, I try not to go too over the top with that one, because there is a following for that beer. Mm-hmm. When it's gone, people are pissed. And... <laughs> it's like my father. He drinks Spotted Cow, and that's probably the only craft beer he'd drink, is that kind of thing. So if we go somewhere, it'd be a Kolsch or a Pilsner or something I'd point him to, because he hates hops, he hates dark beers, blah, blah, yep. blah. But... Yeah, so that that is that's a fun one we like to do. That also falls in with my attitude where I don't want to stick with one thing. You know, you're you're just, keeping that experimentation going. You're like, okay, we have this recipe, people like it, but how can we make it better? Right, like ever evolving. You know, yep. like that's just my style. Well, and that's that's a huge bonus that you have being a small brewery that doesn't distribute really. Like, right, you guys don't have to worry about that super consistent. As long as it's consistently good, people are going to come in. Right, right. I agree. Yeah. And that makes it fun. <laughs> well, it keeps you in 
like interested and entertained instead of brewing. Can, can you imagine having to brew the same pale ale day in and day out? It's like punching a, a, a clock again. And that's exactly why I got in this industry is to get away from that. You know, yeah. like same thing every day, same thing every day, monotonous. It's like me and Ethan... My assistant brewer, we challenge ourselves now and we have fun intellectually coming up with new beers, you know. And when we pull it off and we get good reviews on Untapped and even people in the tap room, it's like we get a, a nice sense of pride from that, you know. It's, it's, it's a good feeling. So looking at, like, review sites like Untapped and Beer Advocate and stuff like that, how, how much do you weigh those reviews versus, like, word of mouth in the tap room? Like, is there, is there like a, like a, I mean, cause I mean, word of mouth in the tap room, you always have to take that with a little bit of grain of salt, I would assume. Like, cause they're talking to your face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favorite tricks I like to pull in the tap room is not let them know that I'm the brewer. Uh, be, so. be undercover Mike. Yeah, the undercover <laughs> brewer, yeah. So I really get to hear what they're, they're thinking sometimes. And so, like you said, though, I do take it with a grain of salt because, again, that's why the whole reason why well, I started putting myself yeah. out there and into competitions because your friends say you make good Oh, beer. yeah, no, that's, and that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the dirty homebrewer secret is oh, you yeah. never trust what your friends say about the beer because they right. just want to keep drinking for free. Right. <laughs> but, like, Untapped, I, I, I think Untapped is a good outlet. Like, I did see somebody who said they had an oxidized can. You know, I'm not sure where they purchased it, but I can reach out to them at that point and yep. say, hey, you know, we were really sorry you had that that experience and we'd like to make it up to you you know so those kind of things i do take to heart like that's my baby you know and then it gets damaged by the time it gets to mm-hmm. you i i definitely will make it right but i don't know a lot of people say you're not into stouts well what the hell are you rating a stout for on untapped and then like you give it a two but that's only because you don't like stouts yeah. you know it's like there's there's a funny game out there when it comes to like rating beers and all that. That's kind how of we stuff are on like this it. show. Well, yeah, so on this show we give a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, one uh, when we're doing like homebrew bound, it's all based off <clears throat> yeah. of style. Yep, yep. So it, I mean, it, it yeah, it all depends on the source. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if some people were to just look up style guidelines, you know, and then like kind of compare what you're tasting to that style guideline rather than just like be much higher than a two. Well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, but that's, again, that's, everybody's different, so yeah. you just take it with a grain of salt. It also depends on how drunk you are when you're drinking. That yeah, too. exactly. Or when you're rating, like. Man, this PBR is delicious. Oh, five stars. <laughs> Give me another. Bud Light? Sure. I feel hydrated. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, any any big beers coming down, like anything that you're really excited about coming down the pipeline? Events or anything? Or, yeah, or any events at the tap room? Or well, What is Christmas? Your first Christmas. What's that going to be like? You know, we're not sure, man. And we do. <laughs> Let's just throw seven questions at once, man. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are going to try to plan like a, a holiday employee party so we can definitely give back to the team that you know, really is carrying us to where yeah, we're at. You guys are right doing now. good over there. Yeah, the yeah. the staff is always like I'm Johnny. I'm so the spot. happy it's Anna's great. there, and I'm so happy Zach's there. Yeah, and we just picked up Julia too. Yeah, that is. Uh, I forgot. Yep. Yep. And I think we got a really nice crew right now that's going to stick yeah, around. Do. So, really happy about that. Those guys are awesome. Big shout out to you guys. I couldn't do it without you. So, um, other than that, I mean. 
bring it on River Falls Christmas. Let's let's do it. You know, <laughs> I know this town gets quite fun around there. So, well, I saw you guys already had the fermenters decorated yesterday. Yeah, yeah. not sure how long that's going to stay because I do use <laughs> <laughs> caustic and acid to clean those things, and it's not really going to be a good idea to have electricity and water <laughs> around it for it, too it long. It worked for the River Dazzle, though. Right, so, right. Yeah. We may put it up again. And then you decorate know. it again the twenty fourth, twenty fifth. There you go. See, right. I figured all right. you needed was like just like a big like Santa Claus hat to <laughs> yeah, put on right? each one. Because then you just works. pull that shit right off. Or you just yeah. have a spotlight with a color on it shining at it. That works too. You know, or we could even just tape a, a you know a picture of Santa Claus on the fermenter. That works. Yeah, like a window cling. Santa Claus yeah. is fat. Your fermenters are fat. Yeah. See? Make, maybe, man, there's so many ideas. You don't need electricity on that. <laughs> right. Exactly. No well, I, I'm, I'm seeing the River Falls Journal now. Local brewer electrocuted in Christmas accident. Oh, yeah, like, you know, what was that shitty movie we watched last yeah, night where that lady got electrocuted in the sand. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, my God. And the lectures. And then what? She goes and puts an act. Oh, my God. What happened? Oh. That's so bad. No, yeah, you stop black holes by hitting sidewalks. Yeah, uh, just uh, last night we did a uh, we did a shitty movie night. We did shitty movies and mojitos, nice. and we watched uh, Ocean Rising on Netflix. Highly recommend it if uh, you have like six beers in front of you. Did anybody actually listen though? How the black hole was ended by her throwing an axe into the sand? No, no, it was the sidewalk, not the sand. Either, either way, either All right, way. Can we get back to our guest? Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I thought of electricity fermenters, electricity, and the ending of a black hole. I don't know. All right, all right. So we got the we got the Christmas question answered. Sorry, yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, now sorry. we're we're gonna back up just a little bit. Any uh, like, so you guys just did your first bottle release. Uh, you're already talking about doing another one next year. Do you have do you have one like planned in between? Like, yeah, actually. So we just got our basement climate controlled. Now all right. uh, we figured out one of those other hurdles that we had with the heat in the basement and all. So we finally figured that out and we're ready to start putting beer into some barrels downstairs. We've already got four sitting down there. So um, I do have plans for an Imperial Rye Porter. Uh, Like I said, we do have a special kind of release in mind for our one-year anniversary. All right. It will be... I'll say Irish themed. No, I bet that doesn't make any sense, O'Hara. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Surprise. And then, uh, I, like I said, I would like to imperialize this one and possibly add the coconut to the barrel. Ooh. Right. Let it really age on there. Maybe that'll help bring yeah, that. Pull some more coconut flavor in. Right, right. Give it a longer life in the bottle. We'll All right, so I... Bourbon is great for the coconut, but if you can ever get your hands on some rum barrels, just just a you know homebrewer suggestion. That's exactly what was up my sleeve for that one. Like the <laughs> coconut, the rum, and all that. I think it would really work. Um, Summer and November, here we go. Yeah, expect some big, big beers to start coming out of Swinging Bridge because I just read a nice little article by John Palmer on a new technique called reiteration mashing. Ooh. Reiteration mashing is where you mash out regularly, send to the kettle, clean out the mash tun, send that wart that's in the kettle back to the mash tun, and mash new grains on top of that wart. 
Whoa. That's like a that's like, kind of like a reverse partigile. Where instead of doing two beers out of one mash, you're doing one beer out of two mashes. Yes. So now, uh, due to my size constraint being a three and a half barrel mash ton, I can do Russian Imperial Stouts, double IPAs now without having to overload my mash ton. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, have a an under... Or beer in the An underrated beer, like, you know, I wouldn't have a good yield from it. Pretty much. Yeah. I'll have better yielded for higher beers. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I'm excited to try this. Where the hell was that article? I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the, the study's like, it's nice, man. Like, you could do it, I guess, five times, and then you just can't strip any more sugars from them. Just put it back. Huh. I don't know why the reason is. Like, they're just figuring this one out. But, yeah, check it out, man. John Palmer, Reiteration Mashing. Yeah. Uh, any homebrew bound guys out there listening to this, check that out. Yep. It's a nice paper. I guess, Casey, you don't even have time for Humber Band to, Bound to do, try something like that anytime soon. Uh, not until August of next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they'll have all the kinks will be worked out by then. <laughs> but I can still read things. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah. I, I'm in the middle of a book on session session beers right now, and one that just came out. And, but, yeah, that, that sounds really exciting, man. That sounds great. Yeah, it's... I haven't done it yet on the system, but I'm really looking forward to trying it out. I'm like all of our regular listeners are bored to tears because <laughs> we're nerding out on beer hard. Oh yeah, don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so that's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Like anything that we that we haven't covered that you'd really like to hit on? I just want to say thank you to the public for all the support they've shown us for, you know, this bottle release. And it was just purely amazing to watch how fast we went through these bottles. And I want to give a big shout out to my staff for putting up with me. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> Bottling it, it was like 24 hours worth of work in two days. Well, to be fair, from the stories I heard, you, uh, you did one of the hard parts of sitting in the freezer... Or in the cooler, like, <laughs> using the beer gun to bottle in there, so... Yeah, I mean, the colder... I mean, you know, as a brewer, the colder things are, the less foam, mm -hmm. you know, that'll be produced, so we decided uh, like, to put sound, snow pants on. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, the, things happened that uh, we're not going to say on air that... <laughs> we'll I talk will, after. I, I will say to Ethan, bomb shelter for life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I just want to say thank you, and I'm really humbled at how this is all progressing and unfolding. I mean, this is, it's like a dream come true, man. Um, and it's its really cool. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's ever evolving, and it just keeps getting better. So I can't wait to see what's in the yeah. future. Well, first eight months seemed to be pretty fucking awesome. You guys are pushing out good beer consistently. You're, you know, changing things up. You're, you did your first bottle release. Uh, I can't wait to see where you guys are at this time next year. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm excited and look forward to that episode yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the, uh, the the trips two year next year. You know, we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Where can people find you on the internet and stuff if they want to find more info on Swinging? Uh, we do have an Instagram account. We have a Facebook account. Uh, so uh, Instagram is just at Swinging Bridge Brewing? Or? Yep. Okay. Yep. And same on Facebook, Swinging Bridge Brewing Company. And then uh, 
you can definitely find our website, swingingbridgebrewingcompany.com, and you can get a hold of us through there. Um, otherwise, come on in and check it out. Yeah, you uh, if you're if you're in the River Falls area, yep. check it out. That's uh, when you get the most updated yep. info there is on all the beers by just coming in through the door. If you're uh, if you're not in the River Falls area, what you need to do is you need to find somebody in the River Falls area and they can get you some crawlers sent out. So <laughs> yeah, we actually <laughs> are. Uh, we, we're selling crawlers we at Divine Liquor, so you can get us at Divine Liquor, and uh, you know we're on tap time to time at Juniors too. Uh, also, we're selling soda at Big Top Vape and Puff Puff Glass. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> As a customer, and maybe I missed out on this, there is food, too. You can go uh, in yep. and have uh, good food, so yeah, yeah. that's available I haven't. Well. I, I saw that you guys added an Italian sandwich. I didn't have it yesterday. I should have. I had beer cheese soup instead. Yeah, the hot Italian's but. really nice. Uh, Zach Johnson's our chef, and he's I doing I am so food. happy you have him as a chef. I am, too. I am, too, and I hope he hears this, because he's doing a fucking amazing well, job. Well, I'm pretty sure you need to mandate that all of your employees listen to the Department <laughs> of Offense. <Yeah. laughs> Let's play it over the speakers there, man. Seriously, <laughs> You never have to think of it in person now. You just after, have to force them to listen. After working at Emma's for four years and hearing all the things that Zach Johnson creates and makes and everything, it's just, like, fascinating what he can do. It's just yeah, the freedom being able to do what he can do there is... Yeah, and that's what that's what's nice about the two of us in there. It's like I got the beer side, he's got the food side, and we can. I mean, did anybody come in and try the chocolate tort? No. Did you try? That? I, I was offered the chocolate tort, but I did he's not brought want any me cake. chocolate tort at the bar before before he worked there and everything. And yes, he makes yes. Yeah, so he he paired up a chocolate tort with a stout raspberry reduction sauce to go with Captain Trips. Oh. Why the fuck did I didn't have the captain? This is all your fault, Carlos. How is it my fault? Because you didn't have any cake either. Well, I will I'm say. I'm not a cake fan. <laughs> it's like fudge. It's not even really like cake. It was so decadent and rich. Okay, like, well, see, it was described to me as cake. No. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe it's a staffing issue. That 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 is a staffing issue. I will bring that up. <laughs> it's a Sorry, guys. I love you guys. Don't, I just don't want to be on the hook for this whole cake situation. <laughs> Does it come with a candle? Because it's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to see like that that side of things is ever evolving, too. You know, he's he's adding a couple new things to the menu. Like you said, the hot Italian sandwich there. And he's he, he's got a lot of creativity upstairs in his head that he's doing good things. Well, and it's like no offense to the rest of River Falls, but it's the one place where you can go and get a decent sandwich or something. Because... What else you got in town? Perkins? <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, it's fresh food, too. It's yeah. not yeah. frozen. Yeah. You know, yeah. we really, and we try to do as much local stuff with the food, like with Kenny View Deli and, the you know, Grateful Bread. Yeah, and yeah. co-op. Even though Grateful Bread's not open, we still do yeah, get some of our I was going to say, I'm not going to bash anybody that's on there. but Right. Yeah, I'm not bashing gone. him, yep, but yep, I tell yep. him every time I see Dave, he needs to open up and make sandwiches again because, yeah, that's again, those happen. are some of the best in yeah. town, too. Seriously, yeah, though. It's good bread. It's yeah. awesome stuff. Yep. And yeah. it is, uh, Dave, if he's not going to, it's taking up a space area. on Main Street, you know? It's he is a, taking up fucking space on Main Street. Yep. So, yes, yeah. Matt, tell <laughs> me how you really side. feel. That's what? all I got to say about that. <laughs> Speaking the truth, that, anyway, there's a little bridge, even more really Jesus great. in yeah, that. Yeah, we got some there. more Jesus in we that truth. Two more, right. even more Jesus. <laughs> we have even more, even more Jesus. 
right. You didn't want Jesus squared. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you again, Mike, for coming down and chatting with us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I love it's coming all, down. Well, it's always a blast to have you on, and one of the few people I get a geek out with beer with on a show. So that's you know that's not homebrew bound. Yeah, which is which is nice. <laughs> like I get all you fuckers on homebrew bound because we got to do a. Uh, I, I want to do a uh, a tasting where uh, you can buy like these we little taste infection. All of your beers that you no, no, no. <laughs> you you can buy these infection kits. Oh yeah, and like you can uh, like drop the different chemicals that cause the off flavors in oh. beer in the beer, and I think that would be that really is good for you guys. A good guys. idea. That's fun. Yeah, be a good training session. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because then you can go to some of these breweries that they're talking about in Minnesota that are like, you will start tasting this infection. People are talking. I mean, about. I don't want to. I don't want to say many bashing. names, Boom no. Island, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, me being a professional in the industry, I'll, I'll 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 reserve those comments for the consumers. Um, there are a couple out there though that you can get that medicinal Tylenol taste. Once you learn what you're looking yeah. for, it's pretty amazing how much is actually getting pumped out yeah. into the public. Yeah, but all right. Uh, yeah, again, thank you, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a blast having you on. Is there any last minute plugs you want to do? Or are we good? No, we're good, man. All right. We're going to try to wrap this thing up then. After only an hour and a half, we're good. We're yeah. good. All right, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in this week. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewstudios.com, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. One final shout-out to Mike O'Hara for coming on and giving us some amazing beer. And, yeah, if you're in the River Falls area, go check out Swinging Bridge Brewing. All right, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.